Good evening, doctor. Will this table near the stage work for you? Yeah, yeah. This is perfect. Not too close to those Tarkeliums. And I see him on time for the main event. The best reason to stop by 10 forward. If you don't mind, I'll have a brandy. And tell Guinan to make it the good stuff. No synthahol. One real brandy coming up. That was just wonderful, wasn't it? Mr. Andrew Allen tickling the keys. And now the personality you've all been waiting for. Now in his 18th year, the master of all things sci-fi, the Geekmeister himself, let's hear it for Rico Dosti. Hello everyone, this is Rico, and you're about to listen to another episode of Treks in Sci-Fi, your bi-weekly, I, I, maybe I should start saying that, <laughs> geeky dose of geeky goodness, I almost say geeky dose of goodness or something, whatever. Uh, anyway, today is, what is it? It's December 10th, holy cow, it's like two weeks to Christmas, can we believe that? I don't, uh, but... Um, yeah, December 10th, 2023, and this is show 921, 921. So today, uh, I've been wanting to do this for a while. I I think I mentioned it a couple times before, but I'm going to uh, I'm going to take another look, uh, well, at least an episode's worth of look, uh, at uh, Picard Season 3, which everyone universally loved, of course, right? Because you got all the TNG people back in, in a... In a <laughs> In a show, I mean, you know how much how, how how great is that? I mean, you know, it's just, but and and they did a good job with it. Obviously, it's it wasn't just that only. I, I don't mean to say, but um, yeah, I'm gonna play the first episode of season three of Picard and comment along, and talk about a few other things first, of course. Uh, but that'll be the main topic for today. Most likely, just to let you know, next week will probably be a skip week or will be a skip week. I've kind of got a holiday thing on Saturday next weekend, so it'll be a short weekend for me. I've actually had a couple extra days off work. This I took Thursday and Friday off um, before this weekend, so that was kind of nice. So feeling pretty, pretty relaxed, which is nice. Got a few things done. Took like... $34 worth of cans back to the store yesterday. I don't know where you guys live, but here in Michigan, we are one of the few states actually that, well, not every state in the United States. If you're not in the United States, um, I'm not sure. I know people recycle in other states or other countries, but I don't know if you have bottle return things there. Well, look at me We're talking about something weird before we even get started, but uh, but suffice it to say, in the United States, uh, in certain states, and in Michigan is one of them, we when you buy things like, um, uh, well, we call it pop here, but soda, you know, like Coke, Pepsi, uh, whatever you drink like that, uh, carbonated beverages, uh, beer cans, beer bottles, certain certain bottles, certain cans of drink can come with a what's called a deposit, which is when you go to buy the stuff. Uh, you pay an extra, it can be $0.05 cents or $0.10 cents US, 
And then once you're done drinking it, you take it back. The idea of this whole thing, it's twofold really, is you – there was a time years back – we've had bottle return here forever. I call it bottle return, bottle and can return. But um, where people just threw things out on the side of the road a lot. And, and highways and roads were very trash-filled. And when this started, and especially it was drinks, a lot of them, when this started, uh, it it went away. It, it, now, well, I'm exaggerating, but, I mean, it got a lot better. That's one thing. And, of course, the whole other thing is to recycle these things so that we're not wasting plastics and, and, and metal and we can try to um, recover uh, that material at least to some level. I, I know enough you're – a little bit about recycling. I mean, they don't obviously recover everything that you you know when you take plastic or cans back. But so, um, but yeah, we've. Um, I usually have a, a you know a Pepsi with lunch or a Coke or or something like that usually, and maybe another something later if I'm watching something and eating something like popcorn at night or a movie. But no, I try not to drink a lot of soft drinks. Um, Anyway, uh, but um, and then even they have all these carbonated water beverages now too, which I've tried some of those. But I had this, I had two bags in the garage, two plastic bags filled with cans and bottle things, not really bottles, plastic bottles. I don't, I don't, I don't get much in glass. The only thing I really get in glass is if occasionally I buy some. I'm not a big drinker. Occasionally, if I buy some hard lemonade or or beer in beer bottles, but it's it's not very common. I'm not I'm not a big alcohol drinker. So, um, but yesterday was the day where I was fit, fed up with sitting and looking at those cans in the garage. And I'm like, all right, I'm taking these back to the store. Uh, so, um, yeah, but 10 cents a, a pop. So, you know, I had whatever 340 is that, did I do that math right? Um, can bottle returns. So, all right, everyone, um, let's do this show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. All right, I'm back. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since I did a, a podcast. So I'm trying to recall, you know, what I've really kind of watched and and, and focused on in the in the last um, couple of weeks. Uh, I guess I could just jump right in and start with the, one of the latest things, which I watched um, last night, and I've watched all three of these so far. Here's a spoiler warning: if you are watching these new um, David Tennant. Doctor Who, I don't know what they're calling them, specials? I, I don't know what the right term is. They're, they're, um, they've been each about an hour long, right, or a little or so. Uh, but um, but there's been three so far. Uh, and the third one was, was on uh, yesterday. And so I'm going to talk about those, a little bit of spoilers, especially in mo- the most recent one. But um, they've been great. I mean, I love David Tennant as the Doctor. Uh, you know, I've I've talked about Doctor Who quite a few times, done podcasts, had other people do podcasts. Uh, you know, I, I became a big fan of Doctor Who when, when it came back in, was it around 2005? Which is interesting because it came back, I think it had been gone for a little while. 
and it came back around the time Enterprise, Star Trek Enterprise ended, and pretty much the time I started the podcast. But um, Christopher Eccleston did that first um, season, just that did that one season worth. I don't know exactly. I I don't know exactly what happened, I, and I, I I thought that what happened is he just that's all he wanted to do, and he left, and maybe he didn't really want to become, you know, typecast. I'm not sure, but. Uh, for but for whatever reason he only lasted a season or or a series whatever they they call it in the UK but and then David Tennant came in right and he was I mean everyone seems to really really like David as the doctor I love him I think he's great uh I mean I think uh, Matt Smith is fantastic as well they're probably my two favorites hard to choose between them they're they have similar things about them but but Matt I think is a little bit more a little bit more goofy and loose somewhat David's a little bit more serious uh, at least it I don't know mean as an actor necessarily but just as the kind of writing they did for them and stuff like that so um but they brought David back uh to do these three um three specials and I I they've been great to have I mean just especially since I really am happy. It took a long time for them to come. They've been talking about the, these things forever. Um, but the um, uh, I was glad. It was kind of nice that they did them week after week. Like every Saturday we were getting a new one and three weeks in a row. That was kind of a nice thing. Because typically these specials that they've done for Doctor Who have been very spread out. Uh, but um, so the, the first two I thought were good. I, I, I really liked uh, especially um, – the second one, the first one that I think is called the Star Beast, right? Um, that was okay. Th- that kind of a story has been done, I think, before, not only in Doctor Who, but on other things. It, it was good. It was fun. There was there was a lot of good good stuff in that. And, of course, Donna Noble, Donna came back. Uh, but um, And then um, we had the Wild, Be- Wild Blue Yonder, which I really liked that episode. It was a very – it had a very Star Trek feel to it, truthfully. And, and and it was very sci-fi. It was uh, different. I, I really enjoyed that one quite a bit. And then we had um, this most recent one, which what was this one called? Well, this villain comes back, the Toy Maker. Um, I don't think it was called that though, was it? It doesn't really matter what the episode title was, does it? Does it matter that much? I could look it up, but I'm not going to. <laughs> so that's how com- how much commitment I have. The uh, <laughs> I'm committed. Yeah. The um, but um, we had uh, the big thing about this, and I, I didn't watch Doctor Who. I've said it before in his earlier years. Uh, I saw occasional episodes, but I I never saw this this previous appearance of the Toymaker. So I don't know the history. I don't know how it lines up with that exactly. Uh, but I don't think it was that critical. It didn't seem like it. It was like, okay, here's an old villain of the Doctor's. Uh, that's all you really – is. I think that's the most you need. Uh, the um, – but Neil Patrick Harris, I thought, was just fantastic in this episode. You know, one of the, the greatest, um, the the really things that bring storylines, I think, elevate them in, in anything is that you've got to have a good adversary, right? He can't just be a cardboard cutout. He has to be three-dimensional, has to be interesting. Uh, and it was a little bit of like a 60-era's Batman villain where he was a little bit hammy, you know. But I think that fit the character, I, I love the fact that that um, and I, I gave a spoiler warning already, right? 
I love the fact that I don't know how much they influence this influence things, but Neil Patrick Harris, um, I'm a, I'm a juggler and, and there's juggling in this thing. And, and Neil Patrick Harris also likes magic and there's some magic and card play in this as well. So, so it's, it's cool that they included that stuff. Um, but the big thing is, and, and again, another big spoiler warning, <laughs> the, uh, uh, near the end of the episode when we knew this was all coming, cause they had already announced this, um, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce the, the, this guy's name, who's who's the new doctor, um, but he's going to be the first black doctor. Um, and um, Nikuti, I think, is something like that. How you say his first name? Anyway, uh, so when we all knew this was coming and when the doctor has to regenerate, which, you know, usually is when a new actor comes in, right? A few things here uh, to, to comment on, and I, I can't take too much time because I want to get into the Picard episode pretty quickly. The um, I could probably talk about this the whole episode, the whole podcast. The um, so we all expected the new Doctor to regenerate, right, to, to appear, but <laughs> they did something totally. They've never done this, I don't think, in Doctor Who before, right? They they call it. They're calling it by generation, where basically the Doctor became two Doctors. We had David Tennant still, and we have the new guy, uh, the new doctor. And yeah, so wow, <laughs> that was, I don't know if there were rumors about it out there. And the funny thing is on online today, I'm not seeing a whole lot of people talking about it yet, which I guess is good. Hopefully there are no spoilers, but because um, that was a shock. And and what was cool about it too, most of the time when they've done regenerations in recent uh, series in recent years or whatever, that kind of ends the episode. They kind of hang, leave you hanging, right? But there was a pretty good a little bit of, of stuff going on post this bi-generation thing. You know, they they both have to tackle the toy maker still and, and, and solve that issue and that problem. And then there's a little bit of sort of an epilogue almost, um, especially with David Tennant's doctor. And yeah, I really... I really liked it, and and I saw a few comments uh, out there. David Tennant's Facebook page, whatever, ha, has a, has a posting, and, and there was quite a few comments on there. I did see this morning. I don't know if he actually does that or if it's some handler. I'm gonna guess it's somebody else, but um, but anyway, the um, yeah, most people seem to really like the new guy and like this that they did this, this by generation thing, uh, so. This is really interesting now, and they have two TARDISes, and uh, yeah, so this opens up a whole bunch of possibilities. Now, I kind of think that they're not really going to bring David in that much into the new guys series, in the new Doctor series, you know, maybe some specials occasionally or something, but I, they kind of made it like David, David's Doctor, David's Doctor, we'll call it, um, is kind of just going to take it easy for a while and almost semi-retire or something like that. And I like that idea. I think that's cool. I, I It kind of reminds me of when Rose, and how did it all happen? I, it's been a long time since I've watched it, but wasn't there like an alternate universe? And, and didn't Rose get stuck there? And then didn't she get somehow a version of the Doctor? Isn't that what happened? I don't remember exactly, but yeah. I, I love Doctor Who in, in recent seasons and in series, and even Jodie Whittaker 
even though I, I did comment, you know, a few times, I, I, I thought the, the writing and the stories were, were not up to, she was fantastic and she's super sweet and nice. And I've seen her at a couple times at conventions and, and, uh, I, I just wish they had given her better material to, to work with. But, um, but the new guy, yeah, I like him. The, the only thing I'm going to comment on, and I hope this doesn't come off wrong or bad. I, I can't, I don't think it's wrong or bad, but I'm frankly having, and we didn't see a lot of them. So I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm not going to really put too much on this, but I'm having a little trouble understanding him. You know, he has a certain kind of an accent and I, I, I'm not sure where he's originally from. It doesn't matter that much again to me, but but I'm having a little trouble understanding his his, his dialogue. Uh, so I might have turned on subtitles or something. I don't know. Uh, but um, he is just to have a certain accent that I'm just having a little trouble with. Uh, but um, but yeah, he seems super fun. I love the fact that his TARDIS has a jukebox in it. I, I think he looks like he's full of energy. He's going to be a super fun guy. I think he's going to be kind of... I don't like comparisons, but I think he's going to be kind of a lot, a lot more loose and fun, kind of like a Matt Smith doctor, possibly. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know him at all really much as an actor. I haven't, I don't know if I've ever seen him anything. Oh, speaking of that. <laughs> all right. One quick comment, and then we're going to get into the Picard episode. I watched this Jason Statham movie last night on Netflix, just looking for something to watch. And it was called Safe. Um, it's kind of he, he he protects this little Asian girl who's kind of a math wizard, but is being used by these the, the this Chinese sort of mob gang, whatever, and and uh, and some Russians want her too because she's super good with math and numbers, which is kind of a ridiculous concept, truthfully, when you think about it. But it, not that someone could be good with math and numbers, but hey, it's Jason Statham. But what I was what I wanted to say is, you know, who pops up as kind of a bad guy in this movie. It's from 2013, so about 10 years ago or a little bit more. Anson Mount is in that movie. At first, I didn't really quite recognize him because he's wearing glasses, for one thing, in the movie for the most part. And his hair is super dark. Uh, but but the voice and, I, you know, I pretty quickly mentioned or not mentioned, uh, pretty quickly know, knew it was, uh, yeah, Captain Pike. Anson Mount is in that movie. Uh, so, uh yeah, interesting. Anyway, all right, let me take a quick pause here. It won't be much of a pause for you, but I'm going to just get right into Picard, uh, Season 3, Episode 1, uh, with uh, me commenting as we watch it together. By the way, if you've not noticed before, the uh, that little Star Trek opening that they do... It shows a ship from each of the series, you know, so we're seeing, I think, the Titan there for Picard, right? Now it starts out in the 25th century. According to Terry Metalis, who, you know, one of the executive producers of this, uh, this show is um, set in the year 2401, so just into the 25th century. I don't want to set the world on. So we see these scenes of space with this music playing. Now we're coming up um, on a ship. Looks like a Federation ship, obviously. And, you know, some other ships coming in looking like they're going to do some bad things. <laughs> because that's always what happens, right? 
thought it was interesting the way this show, you know, the, this first episode of season three starts. We're, we're kind of almost taking a tour a little bit of the ship. The Enterprise remains concealed in the dust cloud. To my surprise, the Borg have maintained their position, waiting for us to come out of hiding. I have no explanation for their special interest in me. There's some bits of things, computer logs, medical away team award, um, medical gear. There's an old style phaser even you can see. Something calling Lieutenant Commander Jack our crusher. Um, um. Warning, security breach, hull damage, unauthorized docking. They found us. And Beverly. Activate warp drive. Stand by, warp drive charging, attempting power up. How do they find us? That's impossible. Helios, divert all power to the warp core. Working. So Beverly shuts off, uh, shuts off her son in another part of the ship. Jack, which we'll learn, you know. Unauthorized docking complete. So Beverly's basically grabbed a phaser rifle, and, and boarders are coming aboard. Which seems super easy to do, you know, when you think about it all. It's like, don't these doors lock? They just kind of opened it. It's fun to see Beverly in a firefight like this, which is not her normal, you know, what we're used to. Yeah, don't, don't ever go out with only a little bit of ammo. And she got, like basically shot in, in the shoulder kind of area. So she blew that bad guy apart. But she's pretty hurt and bleeding pretty bad. Helios, update warp status. One minute, seven seconds remaining until power up. Incoming vessel detected. More of them. So, oh, she didn't get shot in the shoulder. Yeah, Helios. it almost looks like that, but it's more of a gut shot. Subspace I mean, I knew she got shot bad. System prepared to transmit. State your recipient. This message is for Admiral Jean-Luc Picard. So they managed to warp away. So they're using some um, first contact music here, which is cool. 
there's so many throwback back stuff you know it's it's nostalgia <laughs> it's just filled it's called part one the next generation pretty cool title right so this episode is um it's a little longer than their typical we're like a 40 54 minute episode here so settle in it's going to be a longer uh podcast so we we're obviously at picard chateau now yes, with with Laris and Picard looking at the Enterprise and his painting. But she was certainly my favorite. I hope she won't be offended if I send her away for a cleaning. You know, I didn't think they had spring cleaning on Romulus. We don't. That is entirely unique to humans and their belongings. I want to give it to Geordi. Give it away? No, I was, I was just teasing you. Well, I know that, but he is running the Fleet Museum. He will love it. Take this painting down and pack it up, please. Don't you dare. <laughs> I like how Laris is You're gonna miss these things, one of the few people that can say no to Picard. I feel I'm asking a lot of you. No, I, I am looking forward to it. Because while you're running around setting up diplomatic security, I'm going to sip Saurian brandy and think about writing my memoir. Jean-Luc, you don't need to prove to me how ready you are for this, how in the present you are. The past matters, and that's okay. Laris, these things from my past, they are so dear to me. They're mementos of... So he's holding up his friends, his inner light and new, musical instrument. Their memories. A point comes in a man's life when he looks to the past to define himself, not just his future. Well, I hope that's not going to be me. I am not a man who needs a legacy. Oh, Star Trek legacy. I like that he's handwriting some kind of cards out here, you know, or signing them at least. Computer, do you hear that alert? Yes. Where is it? Unable to determine location. Thanks for your help. So he's got some little suitcases around and he's hearing this chirp. Which sounds very much like a comm badge. And he opens his one crate up. It's got his old uniform in it. There's a little like pouch inside. And of course, inside is his old TNG era com badge. Computer analyze. Communicator badge belonging to Jean Luc Picard, Captain, USS Enterprise, Stardate 4115. Yes, yes, but what could it possibly be receiving? 
Detecting encrypted long-range transmission via a subspace frequency. It contains an uncommon codec. Codec? A codec is a program that compresses yes, data Yes, yes, I know what a codec is. But tell me about this one. It requires a passcode. Why would anyone send a coded message to a more than 20-year-old Enterprise D communicator? Unknown. Computer, try codec Myriad. Authorization Picard 47 Alpha Tango. Accessing. It is a recorded message. Here. So that was a code he used way back in first contact also. I'm encoding this transmission with coordinates. Beverly. Listen to me very carefully. Hellbird. Repeat. Hellbird. Hellbird. Luke, no, Starfleet. Trust no one. She's terrified. Clearly injured. You said she was a doctor, right? And a good one. But I haven't spoken with her for over 20 years, and neither has any other member of the old crew. She just cut us off. So why contact me now? Well, you were close once. And when you were on the Enterprise, you trusted each other with your lives. You even tried to be lovers, didn't you? <laughs> tried is the operative word. But maybe you're the one person she still feels she can trust. But to say no Starfleet... Okay, so as a former intelligence operative, here's what I'm seeing. This isn't paranoia. Her fear is genuine. This is a woman out of options, and she is asking you to help. Only you. a lot and you know there's obviously a connection here between them and it's gonna be you know these are the lives we chose it's tough you know to leave people there is this great bar which I'll talk for and you can watch the sunset from it so I'll save you a seat You mind yourself.
it's a nice scene, you know, that they've uh, connecting to, you know, the previous seasons of Picard and what's happened. He's kind of glancing up at the Enterprise painting now again. Now it sort of segues to uh, uh, a bar. There's actually a ship of the Enterprise on the bar's back area where there's drinks and things. And there's Riker. Guinan's hawking souvenirs now. for Frontier Day. Oh, there's a bunch of eagle moths. How come you have so many Enterprise Ds? Oh, the fat ones? No one wants those. You better leave the bottle. <laughs> I just you realized. Jean Luc? No one wants the fat ones. It's galaxy class to you, young lady. Good to see you, Will. Look at you, handsome elder statesman of Starfleet. I gotta make a speech at that frontier thing next week. Uh, it's like a parade through space. Wants to hear some old fart drone on about going boldly for the last 250 years. Yeah, I'm giving a speech too. And that's gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Frakes is just so like good in this whole season three. And I it's really appreciate you giving up your family time, actually. Diana and Kestra will appreciate the time away from me. How can I help? Married and Kodak. Hadn't thought about that since the good old days when we thought our comms were compromised back on Rigel 6. 7. Evelyn's message references these coordinates and to trust no one with them. Plus the, uh, the word Halbert. What's out there? Nothing at all, as far as I can see. But this word, Halbert, I have no idea what it means. Of course not. It was a computer virus on the Enterprise when you were incapacitated. Incapacitated? The cutest. The Borg, of course. They scrambled our navigational system and then arbitrarily added three to every digit. I knew that I called you for a reason. And adding three to every digit gives us these new coordinates. The Wrighton system. Wrighton system? That's outside Federation space. Perfect place to hide. But from what? What the hell has Beverly gotten herself into? In all the years I have known her, I've never seen her so frightened. No. Terrified. Jean-Luc, why did she cut everyone off? Me, Deanna, and Jordy. There had to be a reason. Well, I need to find a ship. We need to find a ship, and we can't charter it too far, too dangerous. Now, I... I can't ask you to put yourself in danger. Since when? Besides, aren't we a little overdue for a good old-fashioned road trip? Well, we can't go to Starfleet. She made that clear. I think I may have a workaround. Come on. I like that the music kind of fires up when they get going, and they're being actually followed, too. Metallus Prime. And, you know, Terry Metallus, who, you know, executive produces this, he 
uh, I'm gonna turn this down a little bit. Hang on. He gets his own planet, you know. Hey, if you're if you're doing the show, you get your own planet. So this is sort of like you know, party town. Sort of reminds me a little of either Blade Runner, Coruscant, something like that. And it, there's a person, kind of a cloaked person, walking around here. And, uh, one of the things I liked about Picard that we got to see, you know, in the first two seasons, even in this one, is you know you get to see sort of life around and outside of Starfleet a bit more. Tell you to get your life together. But then I lose my best customer. So there's an Orion guy here who's uh, talking to uh, to someone. We haven't seen who it is yet. It's Rafi. Some people didn't really care for her part of this uh, Picard, but I, I thought it worked pretty well. I liked it. Hear things, huh? I You're like her as a character and as the actress too. I'm a little strung out. Yeah. My girlfriend left me. I fell off. Girlfriend would yeah. be seven of nine, I think. Right. So. No. I'm out. I'm out of Starfleet. I know I could get back in. Look, I hear things too. Like shit stolen from Daystrom offsite station. Experimental quantum tunneling tech that in the wrong hands could be a weapon. I'm talking world ending shit. Now, if, if Which I turns into a big part of this, so. That. It's very, to me. I know I could get back in. Pretty elegant how they connected all this stuff in this season. You, you hear anything like that? You're crazier than I thought. Beat it. And now I'm getting a different. Starfleet. Not that. Get a little different perspective watching this again now. They set some, drop some hints and seeds here. Additional available. Where you get all this coin? I'm all in, man. That's all I got. Guess I can't expect the junkie to know when to quit. Transaction complete. Thank you for your patronage. I heard something's going down with the Red Lady. That's all I got. The Red Lady? Like a, a bio. Ah! Stop asking questions or we're both gonna end up dead. Now go! And I don't want to see your face around here again. So of course we learned that Rafi's working undercover. You know, back in Gene Roddenberry's time, you know, he wanted everyone in the future, all the people to be basically perfect, you know. Starfleet Intelligence Officer Commander Rafi Musiker on a secure channel, requesting a debriefing and more money. 
So she just dropped uh, this little drug device thing onto the ground. I'm not sure about this plan. Because it's not really a plan, it's a ruse. Yeah, that's the part I don't like. You and I are two <laughs> highly ranked members of Starfleet doing a routine surprise inspection. We could be court-martialed for this. You could lose everything you work for. Only if we get caught. You gotta sell this. Come on, Admiral, show me your inspection face. Give me one of those rigid, disapproving, sour expressions you're famous for. There it is. <laughs> Captain Riker, you are cleared for approach. Starboard Bay. Hello, beautiful. Admiral Picard, Captain Riker. Welcome to the Titan. Initiate docking sequence. So this is the Titan. Which is Riker's old ship we learned from he was they did Your books. Old command. Yep. It's the only sway I've got. It's the new refit Neo Constitution class. Now the fleet's going to be dispersing for exercises in preparation for Tough little ship. And that should give us a little freedom to operate. The captain, Shaw, is going to need some convincing. Of what? Well, Beverly's coordinates are just outside Federation space, so we've got to con him into changing course and take us to the border. Then we'll take a shuttle from there. Yeah, captain Shaw's not going to like that either. Captain, you're clear to land on pad six. I don't know him. Yeah, he's not a friendly face. <laughs> the first officer, on the other hand, I think he'll recognize. <laughs> Permission to come aboard, Commander. Permission granted, sirs. This is Captain William Riker. Will, this is seven of Commander nine. Commander Annika Hansen, sir. Captain Shaw prefers that I use Hansen. Welcome to the Titan. All hands prepare to leave space dock at 1930 hours. <clears throat> Picard stops and adjusts the guy's comm badge. Visit came as quite a surprise, but I'm sure you'll find everything up to inspection standards. Captain Shaw is catching up on some logs at the moment, but he's requested your presence for dinner tonight. Terrific. If I were you, I'd lower my expectations. <laughs> Admiral on the bridge. <clears throat> and Captain on the bridge. I like the layout of the Titan's bridge. Mm -mm. It's got that new ship smell. <laughs> Again, Jonathan's just fantastic. Is there something wrong with that, Hanson? Enter the Forge, eyes on your station. The Forge? Sitting in the Forge. It's been a long time, sirs. Jordy said you always wanted to be a pilot, said you were a bit of a speed demon. Didn't you have a nickname at the Academy? Will? Uh, I can't recall. 
crash LaForge because you crashed the shuttle? I, I was a cadet. Twice. Oh. <laughs> well, it's good to see you again, Vincent. get me the dock, Master. Control tower reading, Commander. Space talk, this is Titan. Requesting permission to depart. Permission granted. Opening starboard doors. All hands prepare to leave space dock. All hands to your stations. It's the ultimate Lakar's interface, too. Why don't you do us the honor? Come on, Hi, sir. Jerry Ryan is also really fantastic in this season. She gets a lot to do and, and just really great. She Helm, you may clear all moorings. She knows his character all so well, cleared. and it's just Reading it's great to see day. her again. Green in, across the know, board. Well, she was in Picard already, so. Aft thrusters, one-quarter impulse power. I, Commander, aft thrusters, one-quarter impulse power. And the music is just perfect. Nobody waits for the doors to completely open when they take a ship out of space dock. <laughs> it's just like, well, let's just go. It's a cool ship. It just, it's a really cool design. We see a lot of it this season. It's pretty much the primary ship they're on, so. All stations prepare for maximum warp. All engines online. Priming deflector shields for warp. Uh, don't you think you should alert engineering that we're going to warp 9.99? That's no longer protocol on the newer models of the fleet. It's all automated now. Uh, of course. <clears throat> You're going to be a captain before you know it, Commander Hans. Excellent recovery, Admiral. Shut it, Will. Metaphasic <laughs> shields at the ready. Sensors optimal and standing by for warp. Engage. All right, so I have a space duck and time for dinner. I didn't notice this before, but. This food he's eating is like green, it looks like. It, I thought it was a steak or some kind of a meat thing. Captain but... Shaw, sir. May I present Admiral Jean-Luc Picard and Captain William Riker. Gentlemen, please, come join. Hanson, there really is no need for intros. I apologize, Captain. Are we late? Hardly. Since your reputation preceded you so far into the room that I started early. Uh-huh. Well... As a uh, token of appreciation for your hospitality, please accept it. Oh, Chateau Picard, that is, that is terrific. I'm much more of a Malbec man myself. Captain Riker, I take you for somewhat of a bourbonista. I enjoy the occasional old-fashioned. What gave you that idea? All the bebop that I had to purge from the system when I took the chair. Speaks to your freewheeling, loosey-goosey, Kentucky mash kind of style. 
Not a fan of jazz. Mm. No, I am not. I like structure. I like meter. I like keeping tempo and time, which is why you will probably find this inspection boring for the likes of you two. Oh, it's just all in advance of the uh, fleet exercises for Frontier Day. Well, ensuring the condition of our starships would be boring? Well, we won't be blowing things up. Taking or engaging in fire, crash landing, expectedly or unexpectedly. Yeah, <laughs> the usual for you boys. <laughs> nope. You will find our engines pristine, our hull intact, and you run your finger on pretty much any given surface here, you're going to find it dust-free. No doubt. Indeed. Which is why um, Captain Sorry, Riker and I there. would like to change course. What? Where? The Riken system. That's at the edge of Federation space in the opposite direction of our intended course twice the time. At half warp, double the speed, it's an even split. And why would we do that? Bragging rights. You show the efficiency of the new Titan. It's a great story for Frontier Day. It's the uh, current former captain mm -hmm. putting it through the paces, running a little coal through the engine. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, final engineering inspection at Deep Space Four. DS4 is shut down for a year. I believe the Admiral means DS11, correct? Mm, ah. Yes, of course. <laughs> 11. Yeah. No. 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 I have kept this train running for five years, 36 missions. You don't get where you're told to go by standing in front of it and then moving the track. Respectfully, Captain, I am an admiral. Retired. Congrats on that. But I'm still a captain. Without a chair. Titan's mine now. I'm really sorry, fellas. I love you. I do. I love reading about all your wildly exciting and equally irresponsible adventures, but I have orders that come down from actual officers whose pay grade are far above all of ours. So, request denied. <laughs> Sir, I'm sure if I spoke with LaForge, we could make up the time. Hanson, your loyalty lies with this ship. Not to old friends, former ex-Borg. That's enough, Captain. <laughs> Thank you for the parting punctuation. I'm headed to my quarters. Hanson, you have the con. Gentlemen, I hope you find your room accommodation suitable. They were the best we could do on such short notice. Yeah, Shaw is just his own guy, and I like him. I love him. He's fantastic. Every moment that we're not en route for the writing system, my concern for Beverly grows. How do we pivot? Short of mutiny, I'm at a loss. So seven of nine, you know, she's perceptive enough to know that something's up. There's a reason they want to do this. 
it's um good morning sweet girl i like the fact that these um there are good reasons why you know beverly said to not really involve starfleet or at least not tell them why they're doing what they're doing so we're back to rafi here secure channel open she's on the la serena and um so is my handler here this time you're gonna flake out on me again I am here. I haven't found anything on the Red Lady. Not as a buyer or a seller. Who is she? Unknown. Oh, that's really helpful as usual. Thanks. I'm re-requesting a face-to-face -to, -face to confer. Denied. Look, we both work with Starfleet, so we can... Denied. Why are you doing this if you can't help me? Huh? Denied. Denied. I... No, no, no. Speak freely. So she's obviously pretty edgy right now and messed up. I'm spiraling here. I've been under for the months, trying to figure out who stole these goddamn experimental weapons from Daystrom Station and why. The Orion gave me the Red Lady. But I don't know if it's a person or, or an organization, but the one thing I do know is that I spend every second of every day terrified with the thought that someone is going to use this weapon to hurt people. And to top it off, you have no idea how hard it is to be in this world. I do. So, so there, her record basically comes up on here. Uh, you know, <laughs> substance abuse, her dishonorable discharge well, from Starfleet. And as all far this. as mysterious handlers go, you're very detail oriented. This stolen weapon is an act of war. You are a warrior. I suspect an imminent attack. Find the Red Lady. I really love the fact that we, when we find out who her handler is, uh, you guys who are listening, if you you've certainly watched these, so <laughs> that it turns into turns out spoiler, it, it becomes Worf. Yes, it is. Reminds me of my cadet days. Only I don't remember having to get up to pee this much. The last time I saw Beverly, the way we left it. So they're on bunk beds, on basically, in a, <laughs> in a pretty cramped set of quarters. I never believed for a moment that it would be over 20 years before we... None of us did. What if it's already too late, Will? So basically, you know, Admiral Picard, the weird thing about report to observation. the, um, you know, no one could talk to Beverly. Good evening, sirs. I apologize for interrupting your sleep. What is it? Permission to speak freely, sir. Go ahead. You're going to tell me what the hell you two are really doing here, or I'm about to throw both of you out an airlock and never look back. Watch it, Commander. Is that how you speak to an admiral? It's how I speak to a friend. 
I received a coded distress call from Beverly Crusher, former doctor on the Enterprise. Who she is? She's wounded. She said, trust no one, including Starfleet. We didn't want you to become complicit. Jeopardize your career. My career? When I was a ranger, things were much simpler. Trust my instincts, bring justice to an unjust universe. But then you, you and Janeway convinced me to join Starfleet. I thought this could be the right path for me. I thought, I thought I could one day inspire people to follow me, even if it's dangerous, the way that you did. I can see that you're struggling. But I still think that you're in the right place. How can I inspire when all I do is take shit from someone like Shaw? How am I supposed to just ignore my gut, ignore my instincts, just to follow orders? If you find that answer, will you let me know? <laughs> because I never did. Commander, we're dropping out of war. Ensign LaForge, viewer on. You disobeyed orders. Welcome to the Riton system, gentlemen. The edge of Federation space. We detected a vessel running at the lowest possible power levels, approximately 200 kilometers inside the nebula's outermost edge. The nebula's properties are interfering with our ability to scan for life forms. Commander, you understand the consequences of what you've done for us? In four minutes, and I mean four, the Ensign Guarding Shuttle 3 will be called away. Understand? Got it. Thank you, Seven. Yep, she took a big shot at that. Now we we uh, we basically go back to Shaw. What the hell is this? And, and he and he's got a viewport, so he can see what, where they are. Someone want to tell me what the hell I am looking at? This is the writing system, sir. Esmar, lock this ship down. Where the hell are Riker and Picard? Sir, we have an unauthorized launch from Shuttle Bay 3. Son of a bitch. I like that seven. <laughs> this was you. You just loyaltyed your way to the end of a career. I want a full report. The ins and outs of everything. They just did. Damn it. Computer check. Red Lady as... I don't know. The name of a vessel. This will be your 23rd I search know. attempt. Red Lady, a vessel docked in the Rigel system. 
Red Lady, former member of the Tal Shiar, deceased 210 days ago at the hands of her father. Okay. Maybe... Maybe the Red Lady isn't a buyer, or a seller, or a... a ship. But... maybe... I mean, can't you just Google Red Lady? Come on. Show me all big events coming up in the next few months. So there's a Rachel Garrett statue oh that's red. Charter course to District 7 now. Go! Uh, Rachel Garrett, of course, was uh, captain of Enterprise. Enterprise C, right? From good old yesterday's Enterprise. Computer, engage autopilot and open a channel. Autopilot engaged. District 7, I'm requesting to speak with Starfleet personnel. Starfleet recruitment. I need to speak with a security official. I believe you're under imminent threat of a terrorist attack. I need to speak with someone immediately. So this huge beam just came down and destroyed this building. This just dropped it. Obviously, this weapon that's uh, was stolen from Daystrom. Why do people keep things like that just laying around for people to steal? You know. Vessel outside of sensor range. Hell of a view. The kind we spent half a lifetime chasing, and the other half missing the chase. Well, are you enjoying this? Of course not. Are you? Vessel in range of sensors. Scanning. Exterior shows phaser scorches, warp core damage. Some affected systems are running at half power. Life signs. The nebula's interfering with the sensors. I'm picking up one for sure. Maybe more. It's hard to tell. I'm uploading Beverly's last known Starfleet medical profile. Comparing. Bio signs identical. It's her. Warning, detecting critical life. Pulse ox and her respiratory are dangerously low. She needs help, and whoever's there with her. Friend, Ofo. A lot happens in this first episode, truthfully. It's kind of fun to make it. I knew most of this, these beats and stuff that, that had happened, but they really get you off to a good start with this season three. Rush. From fear or the thought of seeing Beverly? Both. Terrific. Your hands are stiff. My knees are killing me. So long as we don't have to move or shoot, we should be fine. Contamination <laughs> cycle complete. Ready? As ever. I like that the ship is still playing music. You know, falling apart, losing power, but keep that music playing. This music. Huh. 
a compilation of classics I created for Beverly in lieu of wine and roses. He gave her a mixtape. Captain? Hey? Old habits. Yeah. Phase of fire. There must have been two, maybe three assailants. That smell. The lorium gas from that breach created as a distraction. Kill shot straight down. Cool. Efficient. Doesn't sound like the Beverly I know. She'd only do that defensively. Have you ever seen ashes like this from phaser fire? No. Very peculiar. I'll check the bridge. So I like their new phasers too. They're kind of cool looking, a little different than their typical old phasers were. So Picard finds Beverly in this like cryopod, more or less, you know, frozen to keep her alive. Beverly. Number one, she's here. I am Starfleet Admiral Jean-Luc Picard. And the man you're holding hostage is Captain William Riker. Now lower your weapon. We're here to help you. What makes you think I want your help? Beverly is clearly wounded. And given the, the controls, the medpot are on the outside. Someone must have helped her inside. Somebody who cared for her. Realize that Beverly would never call out halfway across the galaxy in order to save only herself. And who's this? Her son. What? Hi, Dad. Warp field, destabilized. Well, chaps, I have to say you're doing a piss-poor job of saving anything. Proximity alert. Unknown no. vessel approaching. You just let them straight to us. Helios, warp status. They found us on Sarnia. We ran. Then Kaffa, then Exoport. Each time, they're different faces. Warning, damage to warp core detected. Damn it! They must have followed you here. What the hell is going on? We're being hunted. By whom? Forward blast doors retracting. See for yourself. So this big ship, this, uh, what's this one called again? The Scimitar, right? The cloaks. And it's so huge compared to their ship. 
that's it. Oh, I forgot they have like five minutes of credits, so we're not going to play these whole all the credits except how cool are the credits in Picard season three with all the, the showing all the panels of the ships and the music too. All right, let's fade the music down. I kind of want to listen to it and watch it. Here we'll keep it playing pretty low. Music from First Contact, of course, right? Anyway, so there we go. Picard, Season 3, Episode 1. We, They give you a lot, like I said earlier. And it's just uh, it's just as good to watch this thing again as it was when uh, when I saw it the first time. Super excited. Uh, I'm, I'm going to probably have to do more of these, I think. It's just... Uh, Fantastic season. I totally, I totally get why they want to do more um, like this. You know, everybody wants to do this Star Trek Legacy show, which kind of like nobody really knows what that would even be. Would it be, you know, spoiler alert here for the end of this, will it be Seven in command of what they eventually dub the ship, the you know, the Titan, they turn it into the Enterprise? Um, will it be a, a an idea that they've thrown around for a while, which would be, you know, will it be something like, a, hey, we'll bring in some people from Deep Space Nine and some people from, uh, you know, Voyager, and will there'll be a little of mix of new characters and old characters? You know, what what would exactly a Star Trek legacy? I, I think most people seem to think and want it to be another ship show, like with Seven in command of the Enterprise, and maybe occasionally bring in some guests and guest actors and and previous people that we've seen in various Star Trek. Um, series i'm going to turn the music um oh they had um you know this this um they commemorated this episode to annie oh and there's a little uh trailer here of the next episode trailer Oh, that's right. They, I'm going to just dial it down, but they, they put, um, they put, I forgot at the end of this first episode, they put the um, kind of uh, uh, clips from the whole season here, right? Upcoming this season. I, I kind of thought that they showed you too much, honestly, really. Uh, it's, Sometimes I think these previews are, are giving us too too much, and I think it lessens the impact of once you eventually see it as well. Like, oh look, they're gonna obviously here's here's data, and here's Jordy, and here's this, and here's that. You know, I you can show me just a tad, just a tiny bit. I'm gonna watch it anyway. I always kind of wonder, especially with a show that's been around for so long, like Star Trek, how much of a preview do you really need to give people? <laughs> do you really? I, I wonder if it's like. You know, if they gave us literally nothing, we would still watch it, wouldn't we? I, I mean, most most of the fans would. I, I, I guess it's just part of part and parcel of the way they do things. You know, with trailers, I've, I've talked about this many times. I know on the podcast and, and talked to one of my friends about it. You know, there are sometimes some movies, sometimes TV, but I can remember a few movies where, my goodness, they 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 show you the whole film pretty much in in, in the trailers. You never even need to see the movie. It, it's 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 just too much. Um, but anyway, anyway. So I said, why did I say that twice? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
Todd Stashwick is 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 Shaw is is fantastic. I mean, everybody, the acting in this, and I know they got put up for some awards. I, I hope Picard gets recognized for the Emmys. Uh, did we already pass that? Was that already the, the Emmys last year? No, I, I I don't think so. I don't know. I never understand the time frame anymore for awards, hardly. I think maybe the Academy Awards, the Oscars for movies, I think is pretty much a calendar year, right? Uh, so 2024's Academy Awards will be for 2023 movies, right? And Picard just came out this year, right? But the Emmys, I think, when have they moved those two? Aren't they usually in the fall? So it's so confusing. But point being is the, these people in the show just did such a fantastic job with with their roles. You know, these are people that have done, in, in most of these cases, have played these characters for years and years. And, and it was so fantastic to see them all back. But, um, yeah, I'm planning on I'll – do, I'll do some more Picard for you guys. Uh, as we wait, um, the latest announcement, they showed a um, – about a week ago, there was a convention – in down in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil, um, CCXP or whatever it's called. But they had some Star Trek uh, stuff there and basically announced that the final fifth season of Discovery is going to come out in April of, of 2024. So a few months. Um, we hopefully will be getting another season of Prodigy on Netflix uh, before that. And we should be getting, so we'll get Discovery final season, 10 episodes I think it is which will run probably from April to about uh, maybe June, early June or so, right? Depending on when it starts in April. And then um, I think we're going to get another season of Lower Decks next year, maybe by the end of the year. They've started filming season three of Strange New World, so that's super cool. Probably won't be getting that until early 2025, which seems... I mean, it's only about a year, right? We're almost to 2024, so... Anyway, folks, uh, thanks for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed doing it. Really enjoyed watching Picard again, season uh, three, episode one, and talking about it while I watched with you guys and gals, guys and gals. And one last thing, if you want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi for all of that. Um, most likely, again, no show next week. But in two weeks, I'll be back with my holiday vidcast, and uh, I'll be enjoying uh, doing that and not quite sure what I'll talk about this year, but I've, I've got a few ideas. So, um, everyone take care of yourselves, be safe out there and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. This has been a Rick Dosti podcast production.